Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. It is great to be in the house of God tonight. We are, we're honored to be with you, and I am thankful for my church family being with me. You guys, it is an honor. I, I'm just, I don't know what to say, but thank you so much. I, I appreciate these guys so, so much for being here tonight and my family, and it's, uh, it, it's great. I am honored, and I am humbled to be with you. Thank you all for having us, and I do. I, I love your pastor. He is a good friend to, to me, and I had to ask him. I said, now, now Jeff. I said, are you giving me this opportunity to come because we're friends? Or, is, you know, do you really think I can share something with you people? And he affirmed that he felt like I could share something. So I hope I, uh, the Lord's given me something that will benefit you. But um, you, you look for ways for the Lord to confirm what he has for us. And I, I just, I, I know your theme for this year is, is focus. And you've been hearing sermons about focus. And you've been talking about how we should all be focused and things of that nature. And it's... And that's great. But uh, I was on my way up here, and just to show you how the Lord works out with some things, I just happened to come in behind our church bus. They were getting off the, um, I don't know if it's called an interstate here in Mount Olive or not, but um, <laughs> we have one in Benson, though, you know, just. <laughs> any, anyway, they were, they were getting off the bus, and I said, I said, that's our church bus. And someone in my vehicle, I'm not going to call any names, they said, wonder what they're doing here. I said, <laughs> I, I, said I hope they're going to church. <laughs> but, you know, um, but it helps confirm little things like that. And then, so that, that person is the only one that gets the joke. I, I walked in, and um, Pastor Jeff asked me about my flash drive so I could share a PowerPoint with you. And I think it was Sister Lisa who uh, I was giving it to. And, Ro I'm sorry, Robin. Thank you. And um, she said, now, what's the title of your sermon? And I said, um, Mm. <laughs> no joke. I mean, really, you didn't ask Pastor Jeff. I said, um, she said, well, I can help you. It's probably the only thing out there. I said, no, it's full of stuff, so make sure I get it back. <laughs> but anyway, the title of the sermon is Where's Your Focus? So anyway, so you understand that um, whoever's in my car was not focused on where we were going, apparently. And when I came here, I guess I wasn't focused on the sermon either. So, But nonetheless, we, uh, we do. We want to talk to you about that question. Where, where is our focus? Where, where's our focus? So uh, tonight I want to look at a scripture that I, I've recently shared with our folks, but um, I think the Lord's got something for you in this. It's in the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus chapter 15. We're going to look at two scripture there, and um, I hope it'll be a, a blessing for us. We can uh, speak and let the Lord have his way here. Exodus chapter 15, Exodus chapter 15. I don't know if you've ever heard the name uh, Florence Chadwick. Has anyone ever heard that name before? You have Florence. Okay. Let me tell you about Florence. It may have been in the 1950s or so. Florence wanted to be the first woman to, to swim from the Catalina Island to California. That's a 21-mile straight, and she wanted to do that. Now, according to the story, she had never really gotten fatigued before. As a matter of fact, she may have swam the English Channel. So she's, uh, she's swimming. She's on her way. But that particular morning, it was very, very foggy. And she continued to swim. And the water got colder, and it got colder. It got to the point where it was really bone-chilling cold. And about 15 hours into her swim, she just asked to be taken out. 
Now, her mom was there, and her trainer was there, and they were trying to encourage Florence, why don't you just continue on? Just continue on. You're so close. But it got to the point where she just had to give up, and she said, take me out. When she finally got out, she realized she was about a half mile from the coast. And she said these words, I'm not excusing myself, but if I could have seen where I was at, I think I would have finished. Get this, in other words, if I could have been focused on where I was going, if I could have been focused on the end, if I could have been focused on my goal, I would have made it. You see, the, the sad thing was, she was not defeated by the cold. She wasn't defeated by fatigue. She was defeated by the fog. She was defeated because she could not see where she was going. She was defeated because she could not keep her focus. And quite honestly, that happens with all of us as well, if you think about it. You know, we're on our journey to try to discover what God has for us to do. We're on this journey trying to develop our faith and grow our faith in the Lord. But along our path, sometimes there's going to be distractions. Along our path, sometimes there's even going to be times of, of discouragement. And we'll feel defeated, and sometimes we'll lose our focus. The children of Israel were in a similar situation. Look at this scripture with me. I want to just look at two verses of scripture. We'll try to impact the others. But two verses of scripture really capture the point here. Verse 23. And when they, speaking of the children of Israel, came to Marah, they could not drink of the water of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. Going down to verse 27. And they came to Elam, where there were 12 wells of water, and three score and 10 palm trees. And they encamped there by the waters. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, again, we thank you and we praise you for this opportunity to be in your house. We're thankful, dear Lord, for the folks we're able to worship with tonight. Thank you for your presence here. It's been so real. Thank you, dear Lord, for uh, this opportunity. And I pray tonight, dear God, that you would speak through us and speak to your people. Lord, you see where we are. You see the path that we're on. And dear God, you see the distractions that are around us. Help us tonight, Lord, not to lose our focus. Help us to keep our, our eye on you. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The children of Israel have been slaves in Egypt for, for several years. And I, I think most of you know that story. But God heard their cries. He answered their prayer. He sent Moses to deliver them. And, and when the, they were delivered, they, the Bible says how they crossed the Red Sea, but the Egyptians came in behind them. And then those same Egyptians were drowned in that same sea that they were able to cross. And they spend some time there giving God praise. They spend some time there just singing and dancing to God. But in the passage that I've, I've read to you tonight, it's a new day for them. In the passage that I've read to you, they're, they're starting on a new journey, if you will. They're on their way to the promised land that God has for them. They're starting this new journey. But in the passage that we've read, the day didn't start quite like they expected. The day didn't start quite what they would want it to be like. And, and so now we see them here, and, and they're forced to ask themselves a question. 
they're forced to ask themselves, where's our focus? We know what God has done. We know how God has delivered us. We know the plans that God has for us. But we're here in a situation, and it looks a little dark. We're in a situation, and it's a little discouraging. So they have to ask ourselves, are we going to focus on going forward with God, or are we going to focus on what he's already delivered us from? And, you know, quite honestly, we, we also get in a similar situation from time to time. There, there's a lot of people here tonight, and you probably could lift your hand, and you know what God has done for you. You know what God has done for your family you know, you know that you're saved, that God has delivered you from the penalty of sin. Don't you know that tonight? Yeah. And, and several of you probably could testify that you know what it's like for God to deliver you from the very power of sin. So you're no longer a, a bondage or a slave to sin. You, you've been set free, and you can sing that song, and you can give God praise, and you can lift your hand because you know the victory that comes with that. But even with all of that, we're, we're on our way, and as we start a new day, sometimes we're faced with challenges. As we start a new day, things come up, and sometimes it catches us off guard, and we're right where Israel was at. And, and on those days, I want to let you know, you've got to be willing to ask yourself, where is my focus? Am I going to choose to focus on God and what he has for me, or am I going to have to choose to look back and focus on my past? Because days will bring different things, folks. Any of you that have been living for any time at all, you know that no two days are always the same. When you wake up in the morning, something's going to hit you that you're not always ready for. You're going to face things that you're not always ready. And, and sometimes it can be a very bitter day. And when you face a bitter day, sometimes you just focus just on the bitterness that's there. Do you, you know what a bitter day's like? A, a bitter day leaves a bad taste in your mouth. A bitter day is a very unpleasant day. A bitter day is not a very good day. If anyone understood that, it had to be the children of Israel. I mean, the Bible declares they just come through the Red Sea, and they were celebrating God's goodness, and he was celebrating God's mercy. They were celebrating the victory that God had given them. They celebrated to the point that they were singing, they were praising, they were even dancing. And then they started their journey with God. It's almost like us being in church on Sunday and God is doing great things. We've heard a great message. The praise and worship has been wonderful. People have been saved. People have been delivered. And we leave the church and we're just lifting our hands and we're praising God. And that's where Israel was at. So here they are. They, they go the first day into the wilderness. And, and, you know, as they're traveling, they're so caught up in what God had done. They're so caught up in the blessings of God. They don't even think about the fact that we don't have any water. But it's okay because our mind goes back to God. And our mind goes back to what God has done for us. And they're just singing and they're praising God. And you can make up your own song here. Maybe they're singing an old hymn of, look what the Lord has done. And they're just happy and they're singing and they're thinking, and someone, we don't have any water. It's okay. Look what God has done. And, and we're happy. And they go to sleep that night. And they wake up the next morning. It's the second day. And they're traveling and they're still happy. And you know, after a while they look around and we don't have any water today. And, but it's okay because they think of some other songs. And they're singing things like, you know, I, I've seen him move mountains. And I believe he can do it again. So if he, if he provided one time, he'll still provide. And, and they're singing and they're praising God and they're still happy. And they go to bed that night. And they get up the next morning. And now it's the third day. And on the third day, they don't have any water. 
But finally, they come to a place the Bible says called Mara. And they come to Mara, and there's some water there. But the Bible says they couldn't drink it because it was bitter. They couldn't drink it because it was unpleasant. They couldn't drink it because it would leave a bad taste in their mouth. They couldn't drink it because it would make them sick. And you know what? They begin to focus on the bitterness of that day. The same God that had delivered them just three days ago, the same God that had delivered them from Egypt, the same God that brought them out of the problems they were facing, he's still God. But unfortunately, their focus has shifted. So instead of thinking about God, they're thinking about what they had in the past. Their song changes on this third day. Now it's, why me, Lord? You've heard those songs. Woe is me, Lord. What have I ever done, Lord? I mean, that's where they're at now. And now... They begin to complain, the Bible says. They begin to grumble with Moses. Things like this. We listened to you. We believed in you. We trusted you. And now we're here with you, and there's no water. You were our leader. You're supposed to provide for us. You're supposed to protect us. We were trusting in you, and now there's no water. What are we supposed to do? And someone has the great idea, why don't we just go back? Why don't we just focus on what we've been delivered from? Maybe the people of Egypt weren't so bad after all. Maybe the, the problems of Egypt weren't so bad after all. Maybe the past we asked to be delivered from weren't so bad after all. And they're looking back. And I'm going to just tell you on the sidebar, you'll never go forward with God if your focus is in your past. Life has got to be lived in front of us. We've got to continue to go forward. We'll, we'll never go forward. We'll never go forward. Living in the past and looking in the past, it's not going to happen. That's where they were. And you're thinking, Pastor Mark, why? I wouldn't have done something like that. Well, be careful. Please, in all due respect, be careful what we say. Because sometimes we have bad days as well. And we're quick to say things like, well, I didn't see this at the other church. I didn't see this with my last pastor. My last choir leader didn't do that. My last Sunday school teacher didn't do it this way. But yet, God brought us to a certain place. I'm Pastor Mark, and I'm your friend, okay? Just so you'll know. I still love you. And you've got a great pastor. You know, though, but if we're not careful... The things that come our way that we're not ready for. The things that um, are unexpected in our life will cause us to have our focus in the past. There, there was a woman in the Old Testament, Naomi. You probably heard her story. She had a similar situation. The Bible says her and her family, her husband, her two sons, they decide to leave Bethlehem and they go to a place called Moab. And while they're in Moab, the Bible declares that you know, her husband dies, and then her sons die. And, and she's there in that area, but then she hears, she understands that God is blessing and God is providing in Bethlehem. So she decides to go back home. The people see Naomi coming, and they look at her and say, isn't that Naomi? And she says, don't call me Naomi. The name Naomi means pleasant. And, and when I was focused on good things, you could call me that. But instead, she says this in the Bible, call me Mara. 
She said, because the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. That's what the King James tells us. God has dealt bitterly with me. So call me Mara. She says it this way. I went out full, but I've come back empty. So just call me Mara. My focus is in my past. I went out with one husband, and I came back without him. So just call me Mara because I'm focused on my path. I went out with two sons, and I've come back with no children at all. So just call me Mara because I'm focused on my past. I'm just simply saying she understood the disappointment and the discouragement that can come with love when things that you're looking for didn't happen like you planned. And all of a sudden, the unexpected things Come in your life, and that's where she was at. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. We have days like that. All of us, all of us listening to me, we're going to have some very unpleasant days. Things are going to happen that you just don't plan for. Things are going to come up that you were not expected. Things are going to come up that you just don't put on your calendar. I can share a couple of things with you. Sometimes it's just, you know, unexpected situations. Things like this. You may have it's happened to you before. You start out with a car, but you come back home and you don't have a car any longer. You weren't ready for that. And you, you, you start out with a little money in your pocket, but you come back without any money in your pocket. You, you go out with a job, and you come back without a job. You didn't plan for those things to happen. They just have a way of showing up sometime. And you didn't do anything wrong, and I didn't do anything wrong. It's just a part of life, it seems like. And when it's unexpected, it can leave a bitter taste in your mouth. And when it's unexpected, it can cause you to want to focus on the wrong things and in the wrong place. And sometimes it's just unexpected sickness. I don't know about you, but do you plan to get sick in life? I mean, I don't. I mean, we came in one night last week, Pastor Jeff, and the next morning my daughter woke up with the flu. I mean, we didn't plan the flu. We didn't put flu on our calendar. It just it happened to show up unexpectedly. It happens that way. And I've known people to go through their day, and they thought everything was going to be fine. But before they get home, they've got to go to the emergency room. They didn't plan anything like that. There's people that you know and I know, and they go to see their doctor, and they think they've got a great bill of health. But they come back and they get an unfavorable diagnosis. And it's sad that it happens that way. They didn't plan it. They didn't, they didn't expect it. You know what's happening they're at a place called Mara. You're at a place called Mara. And I get there every now and then. We get at those places, and they're bitter places. And if we're not careful, it will cause us to lose our focus. When we get at those places, it will cause us to get discouraged. When we get at those places, we're, we're so disappointed that sometimes we want to get put our hands up and just walk away and, and just give up in life. And I wish I could tell you it would never happen. But here's the truth of the matter. As long as you follow God, Every now and then in your life, you're going to make a stop at a place called Mara. And I wish I could say it would never happen, but I can't do it with a good conscience. Every now and then, you're going to find yourself at a bitter place. You don't have to plan for it. You don't have to program for it. You don't have to put it on your calendar. I'm just telling you, church, it's going to show up every now and then in your life because you're on the way to be what God wants you to be. You're on the path of where God wants you to go, and you can't get around Mara. You can't bypass Mara. You can't detour Mara. It's a part of our life and when it comes up unexpectedly it puts a bitter taste in our mouth and it will cause us to want to quit to want to give up to walk away from the church but I'm sorry it's going to be in your life it's there 
Hey, some of you older people that's been on this road for a while, you know it's the truth. Any of you that's been serving the Lord for a while, you know it's the truth. I, I wish I could be so much more encouraging to you tonight, but I've got to let you know, if you're not in Mara tonight, you may be in Mara tomorrow. And if it's not tomorrow, it may be next week. There's a bitter cup that we all have to drink. Every now and then, we got to make a stop at Mara. But I have got some good news for you. You may stop at Mara, but you don't have to stay at Mara. Amen. Amen. I think we can do a little better than that. I don't think you heard what I'm saying. Maybe your Mara has not been as bad as my Mara. Maybe your cup has not been as bitter as my cup. I've had to drink some stuff that I wish I'd never had to taste of. It's, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get around it, guys. I, I mean, I've had to drink some things I don't want no one else to drink in this world. I've had to face things I really wish I didn't have to face. I've seen things. I've experienced things I wish no one. But you know what I've learned, Pastor Kevin? Even though I stopped there, I didn't have to stay there. And I believe somebody tonight needs to understand that. We may stop from time to time, but we don't have to stay that place. We don't have to stay there. It's a bad place. It's a bitter place. But praise God, you don't have to stay there. This is what the Bible says. They came to a place called Elam. It wasn't very far away. Maybe, maybe six hours or so just walking distance, and they made it there. And the Bible describes it this way. It had 70 palm trees, and it had 12 wells of water. I don't think we can fully appreciate this like some of our, our folks who've been to Israel can. I, I shared some of this with our church, and they told me, you know, a lot of the places there are dry, they're barren, and they're rocky. So if you ever see a palm tree, you found something. Yeah. And if you ever found a well that's already been dug, you've got something. They didn't just find one palm tree. They found 70. And they found 12 wells of water. Listen, the, the word Elam itself means place of trees. They left the place that was bitter for the place of trees. And, and here's the beauty of it. The Bible says there were 70 there. And, and, and some writers say there was one for every, for, listen, for all the leaders there, for, for all the priests they had. For 70 priests, we've got every one of you a palm tree. you got your very own palm tree. And now these, these wells of water, they were 12, just who happened to be 12 tribes of Israel. There's one for every one of you. They left, listen, they left a bitter place for a better place. But it happened because they had to change their focus. They, they could have stayed right there, and they could have cried, and they could have complained, and they could have grumbled while they were at Mara. And, and so can you, and so can I. But the Bible says, listen, this is so important in the Bible. It says they camped at Elam. Do you see that in the Scripture? They didn't just walk by Elam. They stayed there for a while. They didn't just bypass it. They, they got to a place that they found comfort. They got to a place where they found some, some 
some refreshment. They got to a place where they could relax, and, and there they stayed, and there they camped out. I don't know how long they stayed at Mara, but all I know is they just had to stop, and they passed on through because they were focused on Elam. They were focused on what was ahead. I'm not looking in the past. I'm looking toward the future. God's got us going somewhere, and I'm going to continue to keep my eyes on him. This Mara is just temporary. He didn't mean for me to stay here. He's got a better place for me. Elam is just ahead, and that's what they did. They got there, and they camped out. Hey, can you imagine something like that? I don't know about you. That had to be a better place. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine the, the leaders and the tribal leaders just talking to one another? Listen, folks, you don't have to complain any longer, and you don't have to wait in line any longer. If you belong to the tribe of Judah, he's got a whale right over there. If you belong to the tribe of Levi, he's got one on this side. If you're, if you're Joseph's sons, Manasseh, Ephraim, these boys are right here. If you belong to their family, forget the, forget the bitter water. We've got some fresh water for you. But you've got to get your focus on where we are. Now, I'm going to tell you something, folks. It's very important that we understand. They were not in the promised land just yet. Remember, this is so important. They were on their way to the promised land. Is that right? They were not in the land flowing with milk and honey just yet. They were not in the land that, that God had promised their ancestors and their forefathers. They were not there yet. They were just on their way. Now, on their way, this is very important that you get this. On their way to where God wanted them to go, they had to go through Marah. On their way to get to where God was going to bless them, on the way to where God had promised them they would stay forever, they had to go through a bitter place. But also on the way, they could go through a better place. Are you with me? They had to go through Marah, but then they found Elam. Elam was not their final home. Elam was not the promised land. Elam was just a blessing on the way. What are you trying to say, Pastor Mark? This is it. It's very important. Listen, on our journey to where God wants us to be, on our journey to be the church that God wants us to be, on the journey to be the, the Christians, whether it's a mother or a father, or, or whether it's a dad or whether it's a parent, on our journey to develop our faith, on our journey to mature as a Christian, there's always going to be a Mara. But can I tell you this? For every Mara, there's also an Elam. For every bitter place, there's also a better place. For every heartbreak, there's also healing. For every struggle, there's also for healing. For every trouble, there's also for healing. For every dark day, there's also a lot day. I don't know what you're facing tonight. I don't know what kind of morrow you're in. But believe me when I tell you, Elam is just ahead. If you'll open your eyes and turn that way, there's something good waiting for you. There's something better. There's something better than what you're experiencing right now. There's something a lot better than what you're experiencing right now. There's a place called Elam. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We can choose to stop there and camp out if we want to. And that's totally up to you. We go through it. We can't help from going through it. But we can choose whether to stay or not. Are you with me? And it's totally up to us. We can choose to stay there. We can choose to complain. We can choose to grumble. We can choose to be critical. 
And we can find fault with Moses, Aaron, and everyone else if we want to. But at the end of the day, it's our choice. And it's based on our focus. Now, as for me, I'm not going to stay immoral. It, matter of fact, it just puzzles me why Christian people would. I mean, why in the world, and I know you guys aren't that way, but why in the world would people want to go around and complain and, and be critical as Christians? Do, do you realize, like, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, He lives in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And the way I understand the Scripture, the Holy Spirit is a comforter. He's the one that comes along beside us. Listen, He is the very presence of Jesus with us. What Jesus was to the twelve, the Holy Spirit is to us. He walks with us. He talks with us. He guides us. And every now and then it's going to be a tough day. And we're going to face some things that's not going to be easy. But I'm telling you guys, if the Lord God Almighty is living on the inside, every now and then His Spirit will stir within us. And we realize, this is not my final home. I have not arrived just yet. I'm just passing on. There's a better place for me. Elam is just ahead. I don't have to stay in Mara. A better day is coming for me. And a better day can be coming for you as well. Why? Why not just turn your focus toward Elam? Why not realize God's got something better for me? My life is not meant to end like this. There's something better. So how do you do that? Something happened that was very important. I didn't read it, but it was in this text. The Bible says, when they complained and when they began to murmur there at Morah, the Bible says that Moses cried out to God, and God showed Moses what to do. He took a limb, took a tree, and he put it there in the waters, and he made those waters sweet. But don't miss this. And God said, but I've done this to prove you. Did you get that? I've done this to test your faithfulness. I think this is what the Lord wants them to hear. I heard your cry. When you were in Egypt. Now I'm the God that heard your cry. I'm the God that sent Moses to deliver you. I'm the God that sent all those plagues. I'm the God that brought you out of Egypt. I'm the God that brought you through that Red Sea. I'm the God that covered the Egyptians up in the sea. And I just want you to know. This is important. If you will listen to me, he says... And if you will obey me, he says, I will not put any of these plagues on you that I put on them. And here's why. Because I'm the God that healeth you. You know what God said? I'm just testing you. I'm just proving you. I'm a God that can take you from Mara to a place called Elam. I'm a God that can take you from a bitter place to a better place. I'm the God. If I can do that, I can take you from Egypt and I can take you to a promised land. What does that mean to us? If God can do it for them, and the scripture says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If God can deliver them, I believe God can deliver Mark. And if God can deliver Mark, God can deliver Jeff. And if God can deliver Benson, he can deliver Mount Olive. He can deliver all of us from whatever we're facing, whatever our morrow may be. God is able to take us from a bitter place to a better place if we're willing to trust him and put our confidence in him. But we got to trust him. We've got to trust him. 
Amen. Amen. Bless you, my brother. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I taught school for a while. I'm going to tell you about teaching school. It's not all that bad. It wasn't back then. But I will tell you something. I had to test my students from time to time. You just couldn't give them a grade. You had to test what they've learned. Now, let me tell you something. I'm not a mean person. And I never gave a test to try to see someone fail. I never. When I tested my students, I wanted to prove them. I wanted to see how much they knew. I wanted to see how much they've been paying attention. I wanted to see how much they've learned. I got a feeling God's very similar to that. When we go through different tests and trials in this life, God does not want to see us fail. Let's hear that tonight. Whether it's sickness, whether it's something on your job, whether it's something in your family, God does not want to see you fail in your faith. God's not that kind of God. God loves us. Man, he showed that love by sending his son Jesus to die for us. And so why would he, why would he put something on me that, that would cause me to walk away from him? Why would he put something on me that would cause me to fail? No, no, God tests our faith. And God's just trying to bring the best out of me. Maybe in, in his, just his wisdom and his providence, he, he looks from heaven and looks below. And he says, you know what? That, that feels, boy, he, he needs to learn some patience. So I'm going to put him through this. And, and maybe that little, that feels boy needs to be a little bit more compassionate. So I'm, I'm going to do this. And, and maybe he needs to be more considerate of others. And, and I, that's just my test. I don't know what God's doing in your life. But I do know this. If he loves me, he loves you. And if he loves you, he loves me. And he doesn't want to see us fall. He doesn't want to see us fail. He wants to see us make it. He wants to just take us to a better place. That's all he wants to do. He wants to take us to a better place. As an individual, as a church, as a conference, he wants to take us to better places. But here's the key. We've got to trust him, and we've got to keep our focus on him. Can I give you a couple of takeaways as I get ready to finish up here? One is this. Sometimes you just got to trust in the person of God. You see, we pray and we talk with him. But sometimes I wonder if we just take it for granted. I find the Lord's Prayer very interesting. He goes through so many things, but it opens up this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know what that tells us? Before we ever ask God for a thing, we need to think about who he is and just give him praise first. Begin to honor him first. Do, do we forget from time to time that we're talking to the maker and the creator of this world. We're talking about the almighty, all-knowing, ever-present God. We're talking to the great I am. We're talking to one who, who has heaven as his throne and the earth as his footstool. And do you think my little stump in the toe every now and then catches him off guard? And even the things I think are just astronomical in my small life. Listen, if I really believe and we grew up singing, he's got the whole world in his hands. Well, if he's got the whole world in his hands, you got, he's got Mark Fields in his hands. He's got Jeff Dell in his hands. He's got the Benson and the, the Monolith PH churches. He's got us all in his hands. We got to realize who we're talking to and just trust in him. Listen, folks. And it's easy to not to say amen because you may not be in Mara. Tomorrow you may be there. 
God is still God. Okay? Just remember that. He hasn't changed. He's the same that saved you. He's the same that delivered you. He's the same that provided for you. He's the same that protected you. He's still God. So trust in that person of him. Secondly, another takeaway, trust in the promises of God. Do you know what the Bible says about the promises of God? They are yes and they're amen in Jesus Christ. That's powerful, isn't it? It means this, his word is forever settled in heaven. It's never going to change. Our folks of Benson will tell you this, Pastor. I am not a name it and claim it preacher. That's it's just not my style. But what I do believe is this. There are promises in the word of God that I can stand on. All right? I don't just see a car and say, that's mine. I claim that. In the name. No, no, no. I, I, and if you do that, bless you. It doesn't work for me that way. But what I will believe is this. I know a God that says this. I will meet your needs according to my riches, which are in glory. I believe that. He made me a promise. If I will sow into his kingdom, if, if I will give, it shall be given unto me. So I've got a God that I can trust that will provide for my needs. I'm going to tell you something about my God. I don't know what I may go through within this life, but I do know this. He did declare in his word, it's with his stripes I'm healed. And you know what? I believe this. I believe there's physical healing in his atonement. I believe also it's an emotional healing. I believe above all it's a spirit healing and one day there's going to be ultimate healing I don't know what I may go through with in this life but I do know if it's the will of my heavenly father he's able to take care of my needs and he's able to take care of my body he's able to take care of my mind he's able to take care of my soul he's able to seal me until the day of redemption that's the God I serve that's the God I believe in and I've just got sense enough to trust him in this life and realize that better days are ahead but where are we going to focus at We've got to keep our focus on him. I love you folks, and I love you, Pastor, but I will be doing you an injustice tonight if I told you every day is just going to be a walk through the Rose Garden, and you'll get to smile and eat your favorite ice cream, and you can skip. If you like ice cream, you may like yogurt. And you can skip from cloud to cloud, and you can glow in the dark, and you can have a harp on your back. And you can sing all these wonderful songs. And you'll never, ever have a problem. But when we get to heaven, it's going to be that way. But until we get there, until we get there, there's going to be a Mara. But there's also an Elam. And we've got to decide where we're going to focus at. I love you. You've got to get that. Again, your Mara does not look like mine. Okay? You know, I, I might be going through things with my family. You might be going through things with your health. Some of you are going through things with your job. But I know this. It can get better if we'll focus on God. Pastor Kevin's going to come to the keyboard. And I want to just close out with this. There was, uh, you've heard of Dr. David Jeremiah before, haven't you? Yeah. Great man of God doing a wonderful work. He said, Pastor Jeff, that their campus is so large that those who, who work on that campus, that they have to have golf carts to go from building to building. And unfortunately, one day someone come through their main gate and they hit a young lady on one of those golf carts. And she tragically lost her life right there on that campus. Her husband's a very uh, shy, reserved man. And at the funeral... He wanted to say a word. 
And that was just unusual for him to speak, especially in an occasion like that. And people, he said this, they've been asking me, how do you go on based on this horrific accident? How, How do you carry on based on this tragedy? And he said something very simple but very profound. I trust God. That's it. Not very deep theologically probably, but I trust God. Where are you at tonight? Where is your place of bitterness? I just want to close by telling you to trust God. Saints of God could bow your heads, close your eyes. Those of you who are intercessors or prayer warriors, would you come to the altar? Because I believe there's some people at some bitter places in their life. And if it would be okay with Pastor Jeff, even if you're from the Benson Church and you are gifted in intercessory, would you come to the altar? Would you help us here tonight? In just a moment, Pastor Kevin, his group's going to give us a song. And if you're here tonight and there's something that's bitter in your life, I encourage you to find one of these intercessors who will pray with you, who will help you go from a bitter place to a better place by faith.